Bless you, Trevor. Thank you for that. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, I'm looking forward to the uh, newcomers' lunch. Steph and I, the kids, will be there on February the 6th, having, I think, pizzas and other, an array of assortment of food. So if you have joined and you are new and uh, you've yet, as, uh, as Trevor said, to do introductions, which is part of our Quip course, then come along, uh, have some food, meet some people, meet Steph and I and the kids and other leaders and ask those questions that you've been burning to ask. The harder, the better, quite frankly. I like them. So, uh, yeah, come along. It'll be great. Well, listen, it's good to be here this morning. I don't know about you, but I'm just loving the season that we're in, just loving listening to what the Lord is saying. Uh, sister, I don't know your name, sorry, but you, 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 you um, read out Isaiah 43. I don't know if you were here last week. Wow. Let's give this lady an applause. I hope, you don't, I hope you don't mind me saying hello in this way. I hope I'm not embarrassing you. What was, what's your name? I'm Tammy. Tammy, it's so great to have you here. You may not be aware of this, but that is the same scripture that we are currently preaching out of. And in fact, that was the word I spoke last week and I'm speaking this word. So I wanted to encourage you that you're hearing from the Lord and say thank you for that. And welcome, of course. It's great to have you here. So uh, thank you, Tammy. Bless you, Tammy. Yeah, it's a great season that we're in. You know, God is saying it very loudly to us. Uh, I'm about to do a new thing. Um, the former things of old, you know, don't, don't look at those things. I'm building on those things. And, and, uh, and I said last week, we are in a season of revelation of God speaking. And uh, let us continue as a people to respond to that invitation to listen to what God is saying. If you were here last week, you would know that I, uh, as Jenna said, started a new series that's yet to be titled, Um, Thank you for all of those who, funny enough, did get to me with some suggestions for names. Uh, It's good to see that some people are listening. That's lovely. Um, And we looked at this very curious word called the liminal. The liminal. And the liminal space. And I explained, as way of a recap, how I was feeling this year as I was sharing with Chris Burch Evans, who leads up Step, this sense of disorientation, this sense that God's about to do something new. I'm not sure exactly what it is. I have a sense. And this sense that we're moving through something into something new. And uh, that's when Chris got up and I thought I offended him, but he showed me the threshold in the door and said, what do you call this? To which he said, it is a liminal. And see, liminal is that threshold. It is that place of, I want to say, no return. In fact, sometimes it can be no, a place of no return. It's a place where we leave the behind, what's gone before us, and head into something new, an airport. That's a liminal. Thank you. Wow, there's a lot of energy at the front there. Thank you, Danny, for that. So, and we looked at Tom Hanks' wonderful movie, Terminal. Well, we didn't look at it. We didn't watch it. That's not what we do at church. Um, we should have a movie night. Who's up for that? Big screen. Wow, look at this. Right. Let's get that scheduled, Trevor. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, so we looked at the Terminal. That was an amazing liminal space for the character because he learned new things in there. He learned English. He became a plasterer. And he got the girl, given that it's a Hollywood movie. And so I got the sense that we as a body of people, as a church, we have been in the liminal. We've been in that place of preparation, that threshold. And I have the sense that we're about to move into something new. And so as as way of context or to um, provide a bit of uh, an idea of the direction of travel that we're going the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at what God does in the liminal or specifically what has God done to us as a people in the liminal space. Then we're going to look at what is God preparing us for? What is the new thing? And I'm going to be talking about the year ahead. In fact, the years ahead in terms of what God has for us as a people who are on a mission to fulfill the Great Commission. 
I love Steph's picture earlier. That was wonderful, darling, of just such an amazing picture of Jesus saying, you've got work to do. There's placeholders here for the marriage supper of the Lamb, for the celebration that have yet to be filled in. Go make Christ known. That's why we exist. That's what we're here for. We're here to fulfill that great commission. And so we're going to look at what that looks like for us. And in the last few weeks, this is going to take us well into February, is what is our response then? What do we need to do? How do we say, yes, Lord, take me. I want to be up for this. Because there is a response. When God speaks, there is always an invitation for a response. And we're going to look at what that looks like. Well, what I want to do, therefore, within that context, is continue um, looking at what God does in the liminal. And uh, last week I gave us three, and I said that God had given me a list of 10. So I'm going to continue looking at those. And what's been very interesting is that I've had many conversations with people this week, have received many emails, many messages of encouragement. uh, And I've loved that. But what what I've really loved is the encouragement and confirmation that God is really speaking I've heard such amazing stories of people who have, where God has been doing a new thing in their lives and their hearts, that people have been saying, whoa, yes, finally I've got some language to use around what's been happening to me. I have been in the liminal. And I've heard of connect groups that are really um, diving deep into this and some amazing time of healing and ministry. And so I don't want to rush ahead of God. I want to stay in this place for a bit because I I genuinely believe that in this moment over the next few weeks as we look at the liminal, that it is a place of healing. It's a place of healing because God always heals in the liminal because he wants to get you ready for what's next. And so please don't switch off. I'll give you a few jokes. Hopefully they'll be funny. But beyond the jokes, (laughs) I'd encourage you to say, Lord, what are you saying to me? And have the expectancy that God is going to heal you. We all need healing, guys. We're all on a journey, a process of what we call sanctification. It's a technical term. It just means becoming more like Jesus. And so God is healing in this place. And so I don't want to rush ahead and and, and not spend enough time on what God does in the liminal. So with that, I want to... Actually, I'm not going to read Isaiah 43 because, Tammy, thank you. You have done that for me. Uh, 16 to 19, that God is doing a new thing. What I want to do is recap and provide some additional thoughts on the three um, things that God does on the liminal that I gave you all last week. And then we're going to move on to the next list. Now, for those of you watching online, I know, I know normally when you hear recap, you see a button that comes up saying skip recap. Have you seen that? I quite like that. Sorry, you don't have it. You're going to have to listen to me and stick with it. And you certainly don't have that option in the room. Um, So we're going to do a recap. And let's look at this together. Let's look at the first one I said that God has been doing in the liminal space. God has been sifting and gathering. God has been sifting and gathering. And what we looked at was the typology that the nation of Israel gives us in terms of how God works and operates. What do I mean by that? When we look at the nation of Israel and how they moved from where they were into the promised land, we can actually learn a lot from what that looks like in our personal walk with Jesus. And just as we looked at times with Israel entering the liminal space just before the Red Sea, when they were in exile in Babylon in the liminal space, so we can see 
periods of time where God has sifted and gathered Israel, such as the time of Gideon, where God said, listen, I'm going to raise up an army. I want you to go and defeat the Philistines. But there was a process where God was very intentional on saying, right, this is the people that are going into the promise, in, in to fulfill that promise. And you can read that as homework, just Google Gideon, and you'll see that story. But there was a process where there was a sifting. And I believe that as a church, and by the way, speaking to other church leaders, this is not specific to us here, but there has been a sifting of people. There has been a sifting. Why? Because God presents, has been presenting people with a choice in this season. Where once we could just move on the coattails and on the wind of experience and get into the rhythm of just coming for a coffee and all that stuff. And that's lovely, by the way. I'm not saying it's not. When the doors closed, it's almost like Jesus said, right, the church experience is gone, but what about you and me? Because this isn't about religion. This is about relationship. And there have been time, there have been people I know that have responded to that by diving into the Lord. Lord, I just need you. you you're my everything. And there's people that have just said, wow, no, thank you. And so there's been a bit of a sifting, but equally there's been a, a gathering of people. We have been so blessed as a church. Listen, for the past 32, 33 years, God has always gathered the right people at the right time in this place. And I want to say this loud and clear. If you're here in the room or online and you say, you know what, this is my church, you're not here by accident. You're here for a reason. You're here for a season and you're here for a mission. You haven't been overlooked. God has a plan and purpose. Now, when we hear that, we often look at the person on the left and the right of us and say, yes, God does have a plan for them. But we often forget the fact that God is talking to us too. And so if you're here, you're not here by accident. God has gathered you here for a reason and an exciting journey ahead. The second thing we looked at, what else God does in the liminal? He exposes our fears. As we looked at Israel as our typology, we looked at the story when Moses, they come through the Red Sea and they're about to go to the promised land and they're on the border and, God, and Moses says, right, we're going to send 12 spies in, go and scope out the land. And as we know the story, you can read it in Numbers 13, uh, the 12 come back, 10 of them say, whoa, no chance. Yes, it indeed it is a place of milk and honey. But by the way, there's huge giants there. There's no way we can do this. But Joshua and Caleb said, whoa, Yes, we can. God is bigger than the giants. And so it's in that place of the liminal that our fears start to expose. And I guess in some respects, our view of God becomes a bit more clear. Because the reason that Joshua and Caleb, they didn't ignore the giants. It's not like they said, we didn't see any giants. It was actually fine. No, they said, there are giants, but God is bigger. And so what happens when we get into the liminal is that our fears are exposed because all our security and our comfort and our routine seems to fall away and the fears come. And it's in that place that God is inviting you to say, hey, this is how big I am. I'm bigger than your fears. As I mentioned, I was speaking to many people during the week and um, someone was referencing fear. And they said that as a connect group, they were talking about the talk last week. And he shared with me that he ne this guy never has a problem trusting God. He, he knows actually that God has a plan and purpose for him. Sorry, I'm going to rephrase it. He has no problem trusting God that God will provide for him. 
but he has a problem trusting that God has a plan and purpose for him. He says, you know, God has always provided for me. But because of my life and, and my story, whenever I hear that God has a plan for me, I get into fear because I'm like, I'm not sure that's the case. And so for him, when he hears plans and purposes to enter the metaphorical promised land, fear sets in. And as, as he spoke to me, he said, we explored it as a connect group. By the way, connect groups, as Trevor said, are so important. That's the place during the week that you can uh, have fellowship one another and grow with one another and pray with one another and process what God is doing. He said, as they explored this in the connect group, it was clear that seemingly failed plans and disappointments about life that he had, had fed a narrative that it was always to be so for him. His default was, oh no, here we go again. And let me put it this way. While we say God's faithfulness in the past gives us faith for the future, can I suggest that I think what is equally true is, it, is that our own perceived failures in the past give us fear for the future. Our own, and I use the word perceived intentionally, by the way. Our own perceived failures in the past gives us fear for the future. Or to put it another way, our hurts and our pains and our disappointments in the past give us fear that it will be so again in the future. And so, you see, the enemy, knowing our weak spots, seeds the lie in the place at which you have that pain and that disappointment. And so when the promise of God comes, what we do is we hear that lie and we assess what God says with the framework and the lens of our hurts and our pains. And this is where our fears are exposed. You see, when we get to the liminal, it's by God's grace and his mercy that he strips away all of our security and comfort and things that are transitory and not as stable as the rock, which is Jesus, in order that those hurts and those pains can be revealed. Listen, in the interest of being transparent and self-disclosing, I always get nervous when a pastor says that, don't you? Like, oh no, oh my word. The trustees are like, what's he going to say? Do we need to be looking recruiting for a new senior pastor? And no, that's fine. Don't do it. No jokes. <laughs> it's a great gig. Thank you, Lord, for this calling. <laughs> this calling of sacrifice and pain. I appreciate it. Jokes. Um, what's this jokes thing? I mean, I'm not a youth, am I? It's actually my birthday in a couple of weeks, FYI. Talking about birthdays, Richard Gathard, happy birthday. He's not here because it was his birthday this weekend. Happy birthday, Richard. I'm not going to tell you how old he is because he might not want me to say, but put it this way, it's a big four zero, so there you go. <clears throat> yes, we love you, Rich, but I'm older than that. Right, um, <laughs> where am I going? Yes, I was going to be self-disclosing. Clearly, I'm procrastinating. Um, I've been in the liminal recently, and I've actually been processing some of my own hurts and pains and difficulties. And in fact, I've been starting to dream about these for the past couple of weeks. Now, I'm not going to go into the detail of it, but suffice it to say, what I thought I managed to suppress has eventually started to seep out. Anyone know that or is it just me? 
Thank goodness a few of you put your hand up. Because I'm in the liminal, and I was sharing this with a friend of mine this week, and, I, and I, I've shared this, the, the dreams, and he, he asked me a very smart question, which was, why do you think you are starting to have these dreams? Good question. And knowing where he was going with this, I said, because I think God wants to deal with it. Now, if I had the time, I would have phrased it this way, and so I'm going to phrase it like this for you. And this is a question. Why does God allow these past hurts and pain to come to the surface in the liminal? Because God wants to deal with it. His grace is abounding in it. And his love is drawing me out of it. Let me say that again. Because God wants to deal with it. His grace is abounding in it. What does grace mean? His empowerment. And his love, it's his love which draws us out of it. Listen, if this, in this liminal space, you identify with this, that you have been dealing with fears because at the root of that fear is past hurts and disappointments and seeming failures, then I want to say that the place of liminal is the place of healing. There's a reason why this stuff is coming to the surface. You have a choice whether you do what one tries to do and push it back in the box. They'll only find another outlet somewhere else. Or say, Lord, there's a reason for this. Please, I need your healing. And that's why I said at the start of this talk, I feel like we're in a season of healing as, as God speaks to us about the liminal space. Next week, we're going to have some, minister, some extended ministry time where we're going to really um, allow the Holy Spirit to minister to a lot of this stuff. And why? Because God heals today. Let me just encourage you with Psalm 147, verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. That is the God that we worship. That is Jesus. Okay, this is a recap. Okay. Uh, third one we looked at reveals our need for him and our dependence on him. It's in the liminal when everything's stripped away, our fears are exposed, that healing is there, that we, it is revealed to us that we will be created to live with him and dependent on him. Yeah? You could say that these, num- these are sequences, actually, in many ways. And that brings me then to our new batch for this morning as we continue with this list. Number four. You see, this is what God does on the liminal. He draws us to himself. The, listen to this. It'll be on the screen. The revelation of our need for him and dependence on him is an invitation from him. The revelation of our need for him and dependence on him is an invitation from him. You know, when we get to the point that we realize that depending on ourselves just doesn't work, hands up if you know that to be true, well done. (laughs) That the things in our life that we thought were stable, that we thought were reliable, that we thought were trustworthy proved not to be so, In that place of revelation, what happens is is we sense anew the invitation of Jesus to abide in him and to rest in him. You know, we often use the example in this of the parable of the prodigal son, don't we, which you can find in uh, Luke 5. But I think this story is only part of it because it tells the story of a son who makes a willful decision to say, I don't need you right now, Father. Just give me the money and I'll go do my own thing. 
But actually, it's not always the case for us because I know it to be true in my life that I don't say that to God and yet I find that I drift. You see, sometimes without realizing it, whatever it may be, we slightly walk out of sync with God, slightly walk out of sync with him. It may start with an ever small amount of degrees at the start. And you know what it's like? You look back after a while and you're quite far away from your target. It could be that you run ahead. And actually, it could be after good things. What do they say? The good is the enemy of great. And so the invitation to draw to himself is because sometimes, not by any sin, we've just got out of sync with him. And you see, the liminal is the place that God puts us in. You say, listen, hold it. Come to me. Come to me. He draws us. He woos us. How? By his love. I remember in my life two dangerous prayers that I have prayed. Is there such thing as a dangerous prayer? Yes, there is. I have shared the first one with you, but I think it's time to reveal the second. The first one, of course, was, uh, you, you know this, so forgive me for saying it again. Steph and I got married and we said, Lord, do with us as you will and as you want. Well, <laughs> you certainly did that. But there was a second dangerous prayer I prayed, equally dangerous. Would you like to know what it is? Thank you for the engagement. I remember in 2010, Steph and I were living in Australia, in Sydney. Lucy was one. And um, I had just, just left Yahoo. In fact, the reason we went to Australia, we were, I'm, born and bred, I'm born and bred in North London. I, was, I moved over with Yahoo to Australia. And after about six years, I left Yahoo to start my own business. Some of you would have heard this story, uh, an online fulfillment um, business platform. And I remember leaving it. And um, I remember a season where, where once I had my own car parking space and I used to drive in to the city, I now got the bus. Such is the life of a startup. And so I got on the bus and I was in the back of the bus and I found myself reading this book. This is the book by Andrew Murray. He's a 19th century South African preacher and pastor and theologian. He wrote this amazing book called Abiding in Christ. And this is based, of course, on the parable of the vine which is in John 15. And I remember reading it and I was struck by the profundity. I was struck by the, the, the challenge in some ways of living a life where I totally depended on him, where I totally abided in him. And that rather than do things on my own steam and, and do things on my own agenda, rather than manufacture works, the opportunity was to produce fruit. Big difference. Sometimes we think the work that we manufacture is the fruit that God wants us to produce and they're different things. Doesn't mean they're bad per se. It means that you're, you're doing, going in a direction that maybe God doesn't have for you or that you run out of steam and wonder why when Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And so I remember reading this and I will get to the prayer in a moment. And I was just struck by thinking, you know what? I'm not there. If I'm honest, I'm, I'm actually, hey, I'm part of the worship team at church. We have a good life. I seek God. I read my Bible. But can I honestly say that I'm always in that place? I don't think so. And then came the prayer. Lord, would you take me and would you break me for you? What? You silly man. 
Lord, would you break my pride? Would you break my reliance on myself and not you? Would you break that propensity in me to run ahead of you? Would you break all of those things that run contrary to you? And Lord, would I abide in you? That was my prayer. I didn't realize that what it would mean is God would say, right, off you go into the liminal. Welcome to pain. Welcome to difficulty. Because it's in that place that God says, listen, if you really want to abide in me, then I'm going to have to show you how what you're doing with yourself. I'm going to have to show you where you get your strength from, strength quotes, where you get your reliance from. And it was at that moment, and by the way, guys, I reckon it was two weeks, a week later, that things started to go a bit pear-shaped. Up to that point, all my colleagues at Yahoo would meet for lunch, go, wow, it's amazing. Wow, you stepped out and you're doing this great stuff and blah, blah, blah. And I was, actually, it was feeding me. I was like, yeah, you know what? I was like, it's called the power of start. You just make a start, guys, and it will happen. It's the title of a book. You may use it if you wish. <laughs> I'm joking a bit, but you get my sense, right? I, had, I could sense it, that there was something about the celebration of it all that wasn't healthy. And so God took me to a place where, wow. And I remember two weeks later, there were some problems with the new business I started. And I got on my knees and I said, oh, Lord, I need you. Wow. And so it wasn't a place of condemnation. It wasn't a guilt trip that God put on me. It was an invitation to draw near to him with love. And for some of you, you've been in this liminal space. And I want to say God is drawing you to himself. You see, the revelation of our need for him, our dependence on him is an invitation from him. The question is, are you going to say yes? I loved uh, last week, Sally gave a word as well, a fantastic word from Revelation 3.20. Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. That is the invitation. The question is, are we going to say yes? And why is this all important? Because what comes out of the liminal is something new, but he's getting you ready for it. He's getting you ready for bigger challenges, bigger success, bigger achievements for him and for his glory. But he's he's strengthening you. He's getting you ready. He's saying, you know what? Now is the time to deal with those hurts and those pains. Now is the time to get you back to abide in me. Because I tell you something, it's the only place we can operate from is our sonship and daughtership in him and resting in him, putting on his yoke and abiding in him. That is the only place that we can be. And as a church, God is reminding us and saying, be in that place because what is coming down the line will require you to bear fruit, not to manufacture works. If you attempt to manufacture works on your own steam, it will fail. But if you come from a place of abiding in me, the fruit will come. Listen, the vine does not need to think about bearing the fruit, right? It just happens. Why? Because it's connected And that is the invitation for us corporately, but of course, for us individually. Okay, I'm going to get to the last point. Are you with me? Good. Repoints and refocuses us. That's the fifth point. In the liminal, God repoints and refocuses us. And so, as I said, some of this is sequential, not always, but 
You see, when he exposes our fears and the reality that we're dependent on him, and as he draws us therefore to himself, in that place when we say yes, he then repoints and refocuses us on what's next. He can't do that unless we say yes to that invitation. You see, we have a choice to say yes to Jesus and what he has for us, but it therefore means we have a choice that we have to say no to certain things. As I said, it may not be the scenario of the prodigal son. I'm not suggesting that Jesus is saying to you, you've all been bad, you're all sinners. I'm not saying this. And you've got to say yes to Jesus. I'm not saying that. I'm saying in a season of the liminal, okay, here's, here's the thing. Um, I just reminded of trains. I, I, you know, we, I think last year, went on a train thing with the kids. And at the end of the line, you get these turntables. Have you seen them? And the train goes on the turntable, and then it does this, doesn't it? I think that's a really lovely picture of what God does with us. See, when we abide with him, when we go, ah, God says, let me just show you which way you need to be going next. We don't have to do it on our own steam. God does it for us. But he says, do you want to be repointed and refocused? And that's therefore ready to exit the liminal, get through the threshold into the new that God has. And, you know, the Apostle Paul said, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial, right? Have you heard that? 1 Corinthians 10, so this is not about doing bad things and doing good things. It's saying, what's the best thing? And actually, I believe that, Jenna, your word was along those lines. The new, and you're ministering to us, and you're saying that the, the good, the best things that God has for us. As I mentioned last week, Trevor was going to kick off the year, but of course you had COVID. You look much better now. You will. Good, good. And um, Richard stepped in, but as Trevor and I were speaking about the talk that he was going to bring, and we should uh, revisit that talk. It was going to be amazing, looking at New Year's resolutions and turning that one on its head and looking at three R's of uh, revival. And um, repentance is the one I want to look at. You see, what we're essentially talking about is a repointing and refocusing is about repentance. That's what repentance is. We oftentimes, don't we, and Trevor and I are grateful to Trevor for a lot of this info. We were talking about this. Trevor was talking about, you know, oftentimes we think about repentance in a very negative sense, don't we? It's like, you've been a bad, bad boy. You better repent. I don't know why that came out like that. I'm trying to think if there's a movie we watched like that. I don't think so. I love it. I do like movies. It's true. Um, but that's not what repentance is. Repentance is an invitation to follow Jesus. Repentance is an invitation to say, I'm going to leave the stuff that's not right and actually walk in what God has for me. Trevor gave me this, John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. So which way do we go? The way of Jesus. He is the way. You see, repentance is saying, I leave the stuff that's not right behind and I make a choice to follow Jesus and say, where are you going? And I do that by abiding in him. And I'm going to bring this plane to land as I invite the band up. Because I recognize, guys, that's a lot of stuff. I'm not going to apologize for that. Feel free to go away and look at your notes and maybe pray through some of that stuff this week. But I want to encourage you. Let's look at a quick recap and some of the things we've looked at. I don't have to have a word from God to know that this is going to hit many of you, these things. 
Number one, he sifts and he gathers. What is God speaking to you about that? Number two, he exposes our fears. What fears is God exposing in your life at the moment? What hurts and pains are coming up that God wants to deal with? Number three, he reveals our need for him and our dependence on him. Is this a season where God is saying, listen, you've been doing this on your own for far too long? Number four, he therefore draws us to himself. Not through guilt, not through shame, not through condemnation, but by love. And number five, in that place of abiding, he repoints us and refocuses us, exiting the liminal. And with that, I'd like you all to stand as I pray. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's just pause as I pray. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I'm so grateful that you love us enough to put us in the liminal, that it is not an accident, but an intentional place where you do deep things in our lives and in our hearts, a place of truth, a place of freedom, because, Lord, it's a sign and an indication that we're about to enter the new things. And, Lord, while we've been looking, and as we will be over the next few weeks, about us corporately as a church... Lord, of course, we are made up of individuals. And it's a reflection on what you're doing on each one of our lives. And Lord, I don't want any of us to miss out. I don't want any of us to ignore that invitation. I want us all to press into the healing and to the freedom that you have for us. And so, Lord, I pray that in this time of worship now, Lord, as we respond with a yes and amen, the Holy Spirit, you would work in us, I pray. In your name, amen.